0: Welcome to the Coffee with Soul podcast with the Soul Diva. My mission is for women to love themselves fiercely, live soulfully, while reclaiming their worth and self-expression. I am joined by guests for a variety of free-flowing conversations. Everything from living in alignment, to self-love, transformation, embodiment. So grab your cuppa for the latest soulful conversation. Welcome back to Coffee with Soul Sunday Sessions and I am joined today by the amazing Nicola Cook who is a life and wellness coach. Nicola, I know you're <laughs> you you keep floating
1: in what you're doing, so I'm going to hand over to you for the rest of the introductions. No problem. So as Jordan said, I'm a life and wellness coach. Um, I help women. I describe it in different ways, so I'll try and keep it as succinct as possible. I help women to step out of who they think they should be and step into who they really are because that's been my journey so that's the shortened version of what I do there's so much more to it which we can chat about as we go on but that's kind of the the crux of it and I love nature and I've had coaching so I, I get a whole life and wellness sort of thing so that's how it comes together as a life and wellness coach Wow. and I yeah
0: obviously the nature thing is your thing and I know that you know, when we very first connected, it was, it was the nature, it was the walks, it was putting that all together. Um, yeah. I just, yeah. Tell me more about the women you work with and how you bring the nature into that.
1: So I tend to th- go for sort of women already on the personal development path, they've done some work or they are aware of some of their stuff and they're looking to maybe level it up a little bit. Um, Usually with like-minded individuals that have their wellness, you know, they're aware of their wellness, they're aware of looking for changes. Um, But saying that I have had people at the very beginning of their journey approach me and ask how I can help as well. So, you know, there's this kind of cliche about the ideal client and having a niche and stuff. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but it doesn't work the same way for everybody. So I'm actually looking to put together um, a beginner's programme because I the programme I've put out just now is, I think, quite advanced. And I think maybe I can simplify it a little bit as well to have like a beginner's version. So maybe help the people that are at the beginning stages because I've got to remember back to where I was in the beginning stages. Um, I was there, you know, and I would have loved someone's help in the beginning stages as well as the middle stages and whatever I went after that. So... But it's it's definitely people who are aware of what wellness would be, you know, what would it mean to them? And I can help them with tools around sort of self-worth, self-love, the mindset stuff. And I'm really passionate just now about studying breath work and cold water immersion all those things. So I kind of dip my toe. I wear a few different hats um in regards to sort of who I help, because I do the walks as well, which is how it all started. So and they can be for anybody really, you know, there's no restriction on who comes to the walks. They're really just for mindfulness to give people that introduction in the immersion and show them how good they feel after spending time in nature. Well, I, I love that. And I'm so
0: taken that obviously uh, for me, it's the beach is, you know, my 10 minutes down the road and and that feeling just walking along the beach yeah with no headphones no music no and just being oh, the
1: water sound yeah the wave present
0: absolutely and just how much difference that can make even without that coaching layer so yeah and do you do it in bare feet when you're on the beach um we have pebbles uh-huh. <laughs> it's uncomfortable to walk on those I in bare see.
1: feet because I'm only asking this because this morning so I <laughs> do a hike um quite a high hike every morning and I've been aspiring to do it barefoot so I'm rewilding my feet just now so okay. what that basically means is I'm trying to not wear shoes or I only wear barefoot shoes so I'm trying to get them back to their sort of spread out shape they the not. because if you think your foot is this shape be this being your toes this being your heels but shoes are normally this shape and that's not the shape of our feet so when I read that I was like oh That makes a lot of sense to me. So for the last few months, I've been walking barefoot outside on different surfaces. So this morning on my hike, I was two thirds of the way up and I thought, I'm gonna take my shoes off. So I managed to do the last bit with just my bare feet, but it's big boulders, big stones. So it's easier to walk on big stones. It's the small stones that are harder. So I thought, okay, I'll start coming down the same way. And I might put my shoes on at that same point. I didn't, I walked the whole entire walk in bare feet right to the bottom wow <laughs> my feet are feeling it a little bit i had to give them a little massage with some oil today after the shower because i thought now that maybe was too much for the first time on that yeah. surface list but i actually really enjoyed it i felt it's that connection so there's an electromagnetic field coming off the earth and we yeah. have lost that connection to it because we wear rubberized shoes and you know we're not outside doing grounding or earthing and that feeling so i feel it for myself and i know how good it feels i mean my journey a big part of my life story is, is that hill that I'm talking about. I, I climbed it every day for five years at five o'clock in the morning in that search for something. It turns out that something was me, you know, that <laughs> being that was always in there, the warrior goddess, as I like to call everyone, um, was there, but I didn't know she was there. So it was that finding, Who am I? What do I want? You know what's what's life about? You know it sounds quite deep and meaningful, which it was, I guess. You know, and I've shed some tears up there. I've laughed up there. I've been angry up there. I've shouted from the top, you know, in the wind, just to get the voice out and move stuff through me and things. So that's a really massive part of my journey. That hill is very significant, and that's where I do a lot of my mindful walks for people. So that hill has got a really, really special place in my heart. So it's a big part of my journey. I love that, and I was reminded of
0: um, Wild. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know where she she does. She doesn't really know. <laughs> she's walking it for her, but not yeah. really knowing why she's walking the yeah. Pacific Coast Highway, yeah. and everything that you know goes along with that, and yeah. that she finds herself within that. And I love that. Um,
1: yeah.
0: And obviously within the film, that scene where she loses the boot and then just screams and lets it go <laughs> and um and I know for me with my clients it's always like if you can find somewhere to scream and my favorite place is the car because where I live uh, I think I would freak my neighbors out <laughs> um so mine's you know at least in the car you you sort of have this you're contained Absolutely. um but interestingly when I was talking to one of my clients the other day she was like but then I feel like I've literally screamed into something and it's kept in.
1: Uh, Yeah, open the windows and let it out. Yeah, (laughs) Um, exactly, exactly. So, you know, know they just opened the windows like this, but nowadays, (laughs) and I didn't
0: even notice, oops, showing my age. Um, (laughs) But no, I've just taken back to the, you know, being able to do all of that on the mountain and and being able to have that space
1: and freedom to do that work. interesting you're saying that because i do it with my clients i encourage them often to go and scream or shout or tribally get something out it's very tribal i did it a few months ago and my partner left me to it in the bathroom and i just roared and screamed and i came out and he went i'm impressed that was really quite tribal but i live in the middle of nowhere so i can so i often say that to my clients as well go in the car get in the car it's a good safe place to do it you can drive wherever you need to go and then you can really start to let that stuff out and so it's interesting that that just came up because i do it too
0: no and well and the other bit you were obviously talking about was was the breath work and mm-hmm. um obviously when i work with my clients i'm all about the embodying and how we've embodied and actually you know the whole the body keeps score how we've kept all of this in our body so the yep. movement that tr- using the word tribal um mm-hmm. actually when you have that when i have that image it is it's the movement it's that moving to potentially a drum beat that sort mm-hmm. of heartbeat, breathing letting it out letting out the sounds that you need to let out moving in the way you need to move not because it looks nice and pretty
1: um, Yes. And that's what we're worried about a bit. I think we're scared of what people think or how it looks, you know, and I've been to some workshops where it's been really uncomfortable out of my skin and comfortable places where we've had to do dancing and expression and anger. and, And I didn't want to do it. I used to want to run and run out the door. But I knew that what you're scared of is the stuff you kind of need to run towards because that's where the healing is. And I still have stuff come up for me that I'm surprised is still there that I have moved through, but it still pops up. My first divorce was was quite traumatic. And the whole marriage was a little bit turbulent for 12 years. So that's 12 years of trauma, if you like, on and off. I'm still clearing that. Still clearing that. And it's, it's, it's often, it doesn't surprise me now, but for a while it used to catch me and surprise me. And I think, wow, that's still coming up now. And it's still in that movement I found. It's the... It's the knowledge I had was good, but it's that movement, you know, the voice, the movement, and really following through with it and getting it. Because as you say, the body keeps the score. And if you don't let it out, it's going to stay in there and manifest in something, whether it's depression, you know, or dis-ease or something, you know, that, all that stuff. And that just like fascinates me so much that our bodies work in that way. And you, again, I'm just pulling to mind another client Both conversations
0: in the last week. Um, and it's interesting that when thing she starts to feel overwhelmed, her stuff comes out, um, her back goes.
1: Ah, okay. And
0: so we're literally talking support. We're literally being able to support herself within all of this. Um, so it's not a that emotional or mental overwhelm. Her body literally gives her the signals.
1: Um, and most people do, we just aren't connected to it. We've, we've gone a a bit overwhelmed, you know, we're over we're busy, we're switched Mm. on, we're overstimulated all the time and we're not tuning into our bodies. And that's why I think nature for me has been so significant because in nature, you're just back into yourself. You know, you've got, there's nothing there. I do have my phone for photos and, and things, but it's, I don't use it. in in that way, you know, my Mac's not there and there's not overwhelm and I'm not looking at social media and all those things. So we're just overstimulated, overwhelmed. And if you can take those moments to tune into your body and find out what's my body telling me, you know, if I've got a struggle, where does it show up? And I've heard a lot of people recently speaking about a shoulder pain or a knee pain that shows up when they're stressed or when they're overwhelmed. So that's just totally what we're saying there. It just comes out somewhere. And if we don't allow it out, it's going to come out and the chance are, It's going to come out at a time and place where you really don't want it to. <laughs> so no. you might as well do it in a controlled environment. Yeah, absolutely. and in a planned way. <laughs> yes, do it. <laughs> do it on purpose. Like, yeah, set up a bit of structure so you can wow, get that stuff out 100%.
0: <laughs> going back, actually, to all you were talking about, the grounding and the earthing and, and just how important that is. And we're back to... You know, if you, if you live in a city and it's not so easy to get right into, you know, woods or forest or wherever, yeah. that even getting to the park, taking your shoes off, if you've got a garden space,
1: just spending yeah. those times and reconnecting. and Definitely. You know, even looking at a picture of nature is proven to help. Mm. So even looking at a window, can help. And they've done studies on um hospital patients who recovered in a non-nature view or a nature view. And the ones with a nature view all recovered quicker from what they were going through because they saw nature. Just so just looking even through a window. If you can't even do that, put it as a screensaver on your computer. It's not as good, but it is good, you know. So if you can't get it somehow, get it somehow, you know, but by getting out of there and getting your feet on the ground and The ground speaks to you, your feet speak to the ground. You know, we're sending signals backwards and forwards. The trees talk to each other, you know, all the, I always forget the word, uh, the mycelium, I can't remember what the word is. I never remember it for the mushrooms and the fungi. The mycelium is the word. they all speak to each other. So, you know, there's all this language going on. And our feet communicate that as well. And we we lose that connection and that grounding and that that earthing, that really nice, that balanced feeling of just, get your feet out there and I never got my bare feet out I was I was well would the word be conditioned I suppose it would be um I used to have cold feet so I always used to think I had to keep them covered but also dirty feet you know if you go out into your garden and your grass has been cut you're going to take in bits of grass into the carpet or onto the surface and my mom was a bit of a perfectionist so she was always like oh don't come in with dirty feet you know and I mean, I came back off the hill this morning and my feet were like dusty. They were almost black with like sort of the dust off the off the sort of sandy bits of the truck. And I looked down and that actually made me smile. I could see like dirt between my toes. And I thought, that's how feet are supposed to probably look. That we've forgotten because we've been so conditioned that shoes are what we're actually supposed to wear. I'm not saying ditch your shoes, everybody, and stop wearing shoes. But, you know, when you get the opportunity get those lovely toes out, you know, get them out into the natural surfaces and just, just do it and feel how good it feels. In fact, one of my clients this morning mentioned that she was feeling a bit overwhelmed and she was away to the beach. And um, she was a bit older and I said, do me a favor, get your shoes and socks off when you get to the beach. Go into the water if you want, but if you don't want, at least get your shoes and socks off because it is just sand. And she sent me a video and her dog went in with her, which he never does. And she said, look at this. And I says, and you know what? That could have a ripple effect because someone watching could see this older woman thinking, Oh my God, look at that woman just getting her shoes and socks off and going into the water. Let's, they might not do it there and then, but the next time they go, they might think, Oh, I might have the confidence to go do that too now.
0: Absolutely. It's, yeah. and it's, it's not just in those moments as well. It's, you've got the grounding, the earthing, the connection, but there's also that moment of this. That joy and playfulness and all those other things that certainly as adults, yeah, you know, kind of get I've lost.
1: lost. Yep. How do we play? Um, there's a guy that I'm in his membership just now, and his book's amazing. And he speaks about rechilding, yes. so it's rewilding. But they do, and they do it at the retreat, which actually, incidentally, is happening this weekend. But I can't make it because it's it's at the bottom of England, and it's too far away for me to get to. Um, next time maybe but he speaks about rechilding, and they speak about how we used to climb trees you know and move about and stuff you know kids weren't designed to sit in a chair in a in a desk for eight hours a day from such a young age they're supposed to learn from you know going climbing trees and all those things and all the movement and stuff and i love that rechilding. we could all be done with rechilding because we forget that we should have fun and how to play and how did that go so wrong as adults you know we're like have fun jump on a swing you know if I'm in a park now or I walk past a park and I see a swing I'm like I'm gonna go on that swing have a little bit of fun be on the swing.
0: And you were talking obviously about your journey a a big part of my journey was I studied uh, therapeutic creative arts Mm -hmm. and as part of that it was relearning to play so there I am in my 30s thinking I knew how to have fun thinking (laughs) I was okay with some of this and then suddenly you know here I am and it's not about drawing the best picture and it's not about being it's making noise for noise sake if you were playing the instrument it's moving because that feels good you know it's getting the puppets out and yes obviously there's an element where it's about a communication with thing mm. um but it's still you know playing literally with puppets or clay or, and just getting in there and to start with it was really hard to let go and it, yeah yeah to kind of get into that self and that now I just kind of go why was it so hard why do people find this so hard and <laughs> um,
1: it is hard it's really yeah. hard if you're just dancing, you know, it's all right when you're by yourself and you put on music and no one's watching. But the minute you've got someone there, we're just different people, you know. I think it's the fear maybe of judgment or what people are going to think or, you know, some of these workshops I'm saying that I, it's been like crawl out of my skin cringe. It wasn't once I got into it, but the initial, you know, every, looking at everyone else, what are they doing, you know, am I doing it wrong? Are they doing What are they doing? And some people are completely letting go and, you know, and you're, oh, I wish I could do that. And then you're looking at someone that's rigidly just sort of standing there and you think, oh, that, that's where I am. <laughs> and it's just like that confidence to go, you know what? I shouldn't care what anyone else is thinking. I should just do it. Just do it. But that's the thing. It's yeah, we've lost it. We've lost the art of how to play and have fun, especially yeah. even kids now, you know, are losing that art of having fun, you know, and it's this, maybe it's the pursuit of perfection. I don't know. I know I'm a perfectionist. I'm a recovering perfectionist, so I know that having the house tidy, for example, is a big thing for me. When when my anxiety flares up, mm-hmm. the thing that I try and control because I feel out of control is the house. Yeah. So my poor partner gets it in the neck. If I if my anxiety flares up, I start to go, "Why is that lying there? What's that doing there? Why is that there?" And he's just like, "Everything okay, Nicola?" Luckily, he can kind of interrupt that pattern and now understand but it was a dance between us for a long time he would react back to my reaction but now he knows something's up and he'll sort of say are you okay nicolas everything fine can i help you with something you feel a bit are you feeling a bit overwhelmed which is usually what brings on my anxiety mm-hmm. is feeling a bit overwhelmed and then the house is like that why is that there get that tidy don't spill that don't do this and it's like who cares you know it cleans your housework's gonna be there tomorrow you know but you could go and do some i can't do cartwheels but i'd love to say i could i can't i'm too scared though i maybe could maybe i could go cartwheeling around my garden because i've not done it for so long i'm scared i hurt myself <laughs> it, it is it's that but it's that trying isn't it
0: and there's so much <laughs> i guess there's two sides so as, as adults there's expectations more most of them we place on ourselves. Mm. so like you're saying you know the the clean house and um and I know obviously I'd had COVID last year I didn't had not had the energy to do Mm. it I mean when I say any cleaning I mean zero Mm. there was dust I hadn't vacuumed I just it wasn't possible and I remember a friend saying I can come to you for coffee and I'm looking at them (laughs) looking at everything going really really embarrassed <laughs> like yeah. you know this is but in that moment it was more important to see somebody and have that connection and it was yeah. just like look you know I've been sick you know I haven't been able to do anything just
1: shut your eyes <laughs> and you know what people probably care less than we think I was gonna I mean, say it wasn't a problem <laughs> and go, oh look at them adults oh my goodness me you wouldn't <laughs> you know nobody would care unless it was an absolute like you couldn't get a seat because there was so much stuff lying around. Maybe you'd think, "Oh, that's a bit untidy," but I mean, who's going to go around and check for your dust? Or, you know, nobody cares. Yeah. Yeah. And it, but we do that if someone's coming over, the, the house gets a good going over. Especially if it's mother, mother's coming <laughs> over, house gets a great big tidy up. I don't now, yeah. but I used to. Everything was dusted, and oh, the windows maybe need washing. You know, everything's got to look pristine and in perfect position. And now I think you can take me as the I'm not an untidy person as such but you know maybe untidier than some tidier than others you know everyone judges their own stuff differently so I just think yeah life's too short to take it too seriously but like I used to I used to be that person that uptight like you know really perfectionist anxious you know people pleaser but that's been a big big journey of mine and that's what the hill I suppose came about was to try and think I don't want to be where that person is now i want to i don't like it so there must be something else out there so let's go and have a look
0: yeah and
1: yes and i was just for my journey
0: it was about that worthiness and finding that worthiness so you know if if my house is clean then i'll be worthy and people will like me so we're back to the you know the people pleasing and that and now it's having enough love for myself or, you know, to just go well this is me this is me authentically and you know what if the state of my house is going to be an issue for you then we're probably not going to connect in the best way anyway <laughs> <laughs> you're not my person then <laughs> yeah you know, with a lot of respect it's it's like no if, if, if you're here for me you're here for me yes. and I don't need that
1: approval I guess anymore yeah which for so when a long- did your journey start so what was it an epiphany or like a moment <sighs> that you bought or was it a journey like an ongoing kind of journey it was
0: it was a little bit of both so I always say that I you know I didn't have self-worth as a as a teen I I struggled with my my self-worth my self-esteem really really struggled through my teenage years and then sort of as i hit my 20s i was seeking out inappropriate relationships to you know try and find myself as someone else um and that resulted in me ending up in a very toxic relationship um which ended uh ended with 12 police in my flat but we we don't go there um (laughs) dramatic thing <laughs> it was a dramatic ending um and obviously that affected me it was like what what I already had was mm-hmm. that was gone I was sort of down but the I guess the pivot point was the first healthy relationship after that okay. where all of my barriers were up I had no trust every little thing I was hanging mm-hmm. on to and it meant I didn't act in the best way. Um, I mean, he could have been Mr. Perfect. He could have done everything right and ideal for me. And I was gonna sabotage this. There was just (laughs) no way I was ever gonna feel okay in it. Um, And it was my inability to get over that relationship when it ended. Uh, that then started me going I need to step away I need to step away from these inappropriate relationships I need to focus on me Mm -hmm. um then I was attuned to Reiki and so that was the beginning of of me going yeah I can take me forward now and
1: yeah that was
0: seven where are we no not quite 17 years ago no Yeah, probably about 17 years ago. I'm trying to work out how old I am right
1: now. Longer than I probably want to admit. Not like one thing happens and you change overnight. I think something big can happen to really give you that hold on a moment sort of journey. Because like my pivotal point, my main pivotal point, I guess, was 2007 when my first marriage ended. And that was a sort of dark night of the soul. And I found Reiki at that time as well, interestingly. But I still had a few other smaller dark nights of the soul, maybe. But, you know, it was like, it's just that journey. I think for a while, I thought you got to a point where you were fixed, no longer broken. Um, And then it took me a long time to realize that, you know, I love who I am now. I wouldn't say I'm perfect. I wouldn't say I'm not. I wouldn't call myself broken, but I wouldn't call myself fixed. I've done a lot of work and I have a lot of tools and I have good days and bad days. And I used to get cross at myself for the bad days because I thought, I know this, I should know this. Why am I getting upset and anxious? Because I shouldn't, because I'm fixed. And then it was that sort of, I think it's accepting our shadow side as well because we've created a part of us that kept us safe for a very long time. So it's going back to same behaviors. We'll do it over and over. And that will always be part of us because it's been so ingrained and entrenched for such a long time. And i found that really really difficult to accept so when i got into people pleasing and a bit of perfectionism and anxiety flared up i would then get worse because i'd beat myself up for it and think oh my god i thought i dealt with this why is this still happening rather than go okay now i can see it with compassion and empathy and sort of connect with the maybe younger self and say Look, what do you need you know thanks for trying to help but that's not helpful now but It's that kind of acceptance part of, okay, there's a few parts to me. You know, I'm not just this person. There's this part, there's this part, there's another part. And that's, it's recognizing the journey as well. It's like, don't, don't try and be here. You know, we're always looking at I think I want to be over there. It's like, but we're here and enjoy here, you know, as much as you can. And that's been massive for me. That realization of, ah, right. I can enjoy what I am now. I can still aspire for things and have goals but that acceptance part of right okay that's been interesting for me
0: that's been huge and and I I, I love the phrase radical acceptance yes that real you know radical acceptance there's being... a
1: book called radical acceptance by Lisa Bilyeu have you ah it? no yes okay. I, I actually I've heard of it but yes okay I haven't it's on my wish list but she speaks actually I came across her on a podcast with um, Dr Chatterjee I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with his I love his podcast most of my books come from his podcast if <laughs> I'm on it and she was on it um two two weeks ago I think it was and it was an absolutely phenomenal episode and I have the book now in my audible wish list once I finish this one that's going to be my next one yeah
0: I, I I love that and just that we have to accept not just being in the moment, but everything about us. Mm -hmm. You know, even when I know I talk to clients about writing a new story, Mm -hmm. but this is not being stuck in their old story, but it's not about whitewashing what they've been through
1: Mm
0: -hmm. or for any of us whitewashing what we've been through. It's being able to shift the meaning of what we've been through, being able to see all those gifts and those lessons Mm -hmm. in you know all those moments, those experiences, those dark nights, um, and I think that's where we get to the radical acceptance for me, anyway.
1: Yeah, definitely. I hundred percent agree. I I love all the experiences I've been through, and because it's made me who I am. You know, it's it's been the purpose. My pur- I mean, I think purpose for humans, for all humans, is just to live in integrity and in peace and with some freedom and I think that is every single person on the planet now purpose can be bigger for some people it can be I mean changing lives I like to think I do help change lives in what I do but it can be a a multi-billion you know stage performer type thing as well that can be purpose but it can be something really small as well but I think the essential goal for everybody is just to find that kind of inner peace we don't know that's what we're looking for though i didn't know what i was looking for i looked for it in the bottom of a wine bottle i looked for it in drugs i looked for it in relationships and partying for a very very long time and it took me a long time to realize that actually i'm not going to find it there i'll find the extrinsic outside hedonistic stuff but i'm actually looking for the intrinsic contentment you know i look at my garden and my vegetables that are growing and I get such joy comes over my whole body. And I just think I'm so grateful and happy that I have a garden now that I can go and ground in my bare feet. And I can go look at my vegetables and take in my beans and my tomatoes and my cucumber that we grew ourselves. And I get such joy from stuff like that. And I never would have thought that would be me hiking with bare feet growing my own vegetables you know living as wild as I can without being too wild because I do like the mod cons of life too but it's like just that for me it's just stripping back it's simplifying Mm -hmm. stripping it back but doing the work the work is important I mean we've both clearly done a lot of work and I try and say to people who are interested in working with me you know you have to be willing to do the work because you have to the work I've done has been massive. When I think about how much I've done, and the things I've, I've, I've travelled inward. I've travelled places in the world to find myself, you know. And I can, we can take all that knowledge and you know all the dark nights of the soul and all the experience and all the good, all the bad, and and put it into some kind of package and say, well, I help you do this, and I'm uniquely me. You're uniquely you, you know. People coaching, it can be the same thing, but in a totally different way. So it's like. I can help you. You know, people will resonate to the person that they want help from. But it's that asking for help part. I would never have known help was available. I found, I've been coached by Life Coach and I found her by accident. But she changed my life completely. I didn't have self-worth. I had that unworthiness. Um, I didn't have um, assertive skills, you know, no boundaries. I had no, I didn't know how to channel anger in a healthy way. And in session one, she basically said, I can help you with all those things. And I remember thinking, what? You can learn this stuff? Like, what? Okay, I'll come back. And I went for years. I was addicted a little bit almost to the life coaching because it just changed my life so much. I I was willing to invest in it, though, because I got such value from it. So I found, I mean, I think she was charging someone like £50 an hour. And I remember thinking, oh, gosh, that's a lot and but it didn't feel like it because I was able to go well actually I don't need to buy this or this because I'm going to spend my money on this because I wanted the change so badly that I was willing to invest in that so I I understand that so it's about trying to kind of compassionately compassionately explain to people that you know you can do it yourself but it'll take a very 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 long time if you can get someone to help you with that you'll You'll do it so much quicker, and you know life. We don't have infinite amount of time. We only we could have short time on this. Like we don't know. So it's like, why would you not start it today? You know. And I think, do it now. Just if you're looking at working with someone or someone resonates, but you think, oh, I don't know. It could be the scared of the changes as well. I guess because my life changed dramatically when I found my coach. I lost my business. I lost my husband. I lost my dogs. Well, I say I lost. I chose that path you know I chose to lose those things I chose to let them go however it looked you know and it was a journey I needed to go on to come out the other side and go well I need to let go of the stuff that's not serving me and then find a new path and that wasn't easy I'm not saying it's easy but you know you've got to think are you willing to make the changes and are you willing to invest in yourself because the best investment you'll ever make is you well and I was just there was so much in there um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm
0: trying to remember back and um, obviously you were talking and you know I was the same in terms of the external the relationships the partying um, and when I was in my early 20s I, was, I worked in pubs and clubs so the drinking the partying you mm. know, after your work was part of it but that's also a great excuse
1: um,
0: yeah. <laughs> but it's all trying to numb We're ultimately trying to numb.
1: Yeah.
0: Because the fear of how painful it's going to look to feel, to look at the feelings and feel those feelings. And allow them. But that's because we're never taught to feel them. We're told, you know, I think I've had this conversation on several of these uh podcasts that we're told to, you know, especially as women anger you don't get anger you suppress it Mm -hmm. or if you do get angry we're not shown how to express that healthily so then it comes out in other ways and then we get criticized for it yeah actually anger can be a really motivating emotion it can be a really healthy and helpful emotion yeah if we're allowed to express it
1: yeah
0: And Mm -hmm. and the same with being sad and tears it's fine to release you know there is nothing wrong with releasing emotion um but again it's something that's looked at potentially as weak the whole boys don't cry all Mm -hmm. of the stuff and I just think you know if we could be taught that so much of this is natural normal getting back to basics basically and I'm kind of then thinking of your you know the rewilding nature Mm -hmm. that reconnection and just how much more there is
1: yes this should be stuff that can be integrated into schooling yeah more important it's more important than half of the stuff you get at school the stuff at school is important some of it depending on where you want to go with your career none of it worked for me but then that's not where I went in my life and I wasn't academic in the traditional sense so that didn't bode me well either which actually made my experience worse, if I'm honest. I left school at 15, feeling stupid, less than, a bit thick, if I'm honest, Um, got a few grades, scraped through a little bit, but I wasn't interested. Now I'm like a sponge. I cannot study enough stuff. Because it just, every time I listen to a podcast and I hear a book recommendation, I'm, oh, I have to get that. And then it puts me down that road of breathwork was through um, listening to a podcast. And when I found out how powerful that was and the fact that it could change lives and illnesses and autoimmune diseases and asthma and all the things, I was like, what? So I went and studied that and it fascinates me about that. And that's a free modality because we've got to remember that, unfortunately, there's a word called patriarchy, um, and you oh, know yes. the ego and the power. You know that all kind of we've gone a bit too far in the masculine right now, and we need to balance. We're, we're, we're in toxic masculine right now. We're not we are just in toxic masculine. 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 Yes, yeah. it's gone way up that way, and it needs to come back into balance. And I think I what I see is a lot of females now that I know that are really stepping into their power and going, no, enough is enough. We need to rise now and say, this is, you know, I don't mean pull the men down. I mean, like side by side, walk side by side and say, right, power is not going to make you happy. Money is not going to make you happy. You know, I mean, medical industry, everyone wants, not everyone, that's not true, but a lot of people, and I was one of those people who thought a drug would fix the thing, you know, and breathwork can fix a lot of the things. And it's like astounding how much things. So that to me is like incredible because it's free, it can be done at home and Why would you not like look into that? But, you know, it's such a fast paced, switched on, over consuming, fast food, processed foods, everything at touch of a button. You can get it that same day. Everyone wants that now. So, so, you know, a drug's the same. It's like a quick fix. Whereas we need to take a bit more responsibility and go, well, actually, what could I do to maybe take my own part within this and change as we've done? We've been on our own path. We need to change because we don't like where we've maybe gone. So it's that taking responsibility, which is hard. It is hard to kind of mirror that to people sometimes and say, you know, well, what's your part in that? You know, because you've maybe got a part to play in that too, and look at that part. So I mean, because in my coaching, my my coach often would hold up a wee mirror, not an actual real mirror, because people you say a real mirror. I'm like, no. Metaphorically, she would hold up a mirror and throw something back at me. As I sat there giving, oh, poor me, this has just happened. She would be like, Okay, well, let's break that down. Let's have a look at maybe what could we do? And I was often like, Oh right okay <laughs> yes. but I was ready to do that I think okay you know I'm, I'm yes. willing to make these changes yes. and I think they're coming I see an energy shift there's a lot of coaches now that do loads of different good things in the world and I think that's amazing the internet is toxic it can is it can be can be really helpful because we can reach these people you know yes. we can get to see the real world now I think when we were young we had magazines that were super unhealthy super like airbrushed models and everyone had to be skinny. Now the younger ones have an access to both of that world so they can maybe see the truth and and look at and make their own minds up about looking for help as well. So I think that can be a good thing as much as I'm kind of control your internet usage and your social media, you know, use it for good, use it for good in the world, if we can
0: <laughs> and well, and I was thinking back to you talking about obviously investment and investment in ourselves and against that quick fix. And I just think, you know, again, going back to if this was something that was taught earlier, I have mm-hmm. spent thousands. And that's not an understatement, because I can think <laughs> in the last two years that, you know, in the last couple two years, I've definitely spent at least 10,000 investing in myself. At least yeah. that's the minimum.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm not saying this just kind of because I want to. Oh, look, I've spent this up. It's about the work that even in the last two years that I've been able to do. Mm-hmm. and things I've been able to achieve I mean my life didn't look like this two years ago yeah yes I'm still in the same home yes I'm still in the same place but in terms of in a bit of me the core bit of me I guess mm-hmm. that person has completely changed my work has mm-hmm. obviously completely changed and I just think you know you're talking breath work and these things that are free that wouldn't it be great if we could access some of this earlier and actually yes we might still need to invest in ourselves but maybe not over the years that it's taken
1: you and I absolutely that's what I kind of say to people I I want to help you with the tools I now know in a shorter space of time than it took me because it's taken me a long time <laughs> to get to this yeah. point, you know, and, and a lot of money. I, I actually tried to work out my my spend, and including my life coach and all the courses and have done and retreats abroad and things. I've spent like at least twenty thousand, if not more. Yeah, you know? exactly. and it's like sounds like a lot of money, but then I think if I look who I was at the beginning of that journey and who I am now, not a penny was wasted. Not a no, penny.
0: and and I would agree, and I would also going back to you saying about working with someone versus the books. I mean, I've had self-help books Mm -hmm. um it wasn't feel the fear it was the other really well-known one that is sat somewhere on my bookshelf and I can't see it from here um (laughs) it'll come to me I've had that since my early 20s yeah But you would read it, you would take someone, you'd try it, but that was kind of as far. There was no accountability. Yeah. Nobody really talked about responsibility in the same way that I think we do in the coaching. Yeah. And even now, you know, again, I was with my coach the other day, and they were saying things that I know. They weren't telling me anything new.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But there was something that it was coming from somebody else yeah. that it hit differently. I felt it hit differently and therefore I respond to it differently and for as much as I'm there for all these other women and working with all these other women I also can't imagine not having my own coach anymore absolutely doesn't matter what level I get to you know every time I up level something
1: else will be there and definitely I think so. Coaches need coaches, you know. We all need coaches. And I've had coaches for business, I've had coaches for email, I've had coaches for Instagram. You know, I've had coaches for many things as well as a life coach. And I because I I understand the power of investing and having help. I would never have asked for help before. As I say, I found my life coach kind of by accident. I wasn't looking, I didn't even know what a life coach was back then. But it was meant to be, obviously. And then from then on, I've realized the, the value, because I used to read books like Feel the Fear. And if there was an exercise on it, I wouldn't I would always skip past the exercise and not do the work. I would just read the book, get the knowledge and go, oh, I know that. Yeah, I can do that. But you can't most of the time. I think you get the knowledge and you know it. And as you say, a coach maybe tells you something that you think, oh, I know that. But have you applied it? you know and it's like it's having someone there to hold you accountable i think that's the key part is the accountability of knowing actually i'm checking in with jordan next week oh she's going to ask me about that thing we spoke about last week and then you're going to be like right i'm going to do that and i'm going to have a look at that and maybe put it into practice or whatever it is and that's that's a key part of coaching i think as well yeah. and
0: i think as well as the accountability as well it's someone there to support you through it because you well, talked about shadow work and the shadow side and the yeah. inner child and we know when it's that when we're getting to that level of work we're getting to the the real roots mm-hmm. we are about to pull something up we're going <laughs> to get uncomfortable we're yeah. going to get more than uncomfortable at, at stages and I think as well as the accountability it's just having somebody there going you know you're safe through all of this yeah. we're not it's not therapy but it does deal with trauma because yeah. somewhere within needing to do the shadow work and the inner child work means there's something there yeah um
1: definitely. my life coach was my biggest cheerleader you know i i, I was going through stuff i knew should be there to hold that space for me to be able to go in and just go Bleh. <laughs> absolutely absolutely I like to think of someone neutral, you know, as well, because often people will go to friends and stuff, but they, unfortunately, your friends and family have their own best interest a little bit at heart as well. And they don't mean to, that's just a subconscious thing, but you know, they're biased a little bit because they know you, they know your life. Whereas someone completely neutral can see it for what it is, can tell you how it is and and offer that support, I think, which is, is super crucial. We need to change the world one person at a time, Jordan.
0: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And that's why, you know, you were talking about patriarchy. And that's why I'm so into the feminine and the feminine energies in my work. Not to push women to just be in their feminine energies, because that's just Mm -hmm. as unbalanced. Yes. But to really pull this, you know, now into balance and
1: out of the feminine energy, you know, it's something I think we've been a bit embarrassed about, suppressed about. We don't talk about our cycles and how we feel. And what? (laughs) That's part of life. Every single woman goes through this thing, you know, called menopause and periods and perimenopause, you know. And I mean, that's a whole other topic we could get onto. I'm just kind of scratching (laughs) the surface of looking at (laughs) I'm perimenopausal. I didn't even know that word existed up until this year. And I was like, oh right and when someone described it to me I thought tick 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 yeah that fits my box right there. and I didn't even know it existed so there you go it's like wow and I think as well you know I
0: spent years I know I spent years in my masculine energy but I also spent years in my pride of how independent I was how I could do so much of what a man does I mean I used to move house on my own with little support obviously I worked in security so again we're in a very male environment Mm -hmm. and I was also very proud of women's equality and it's only recently that I've really kind of been looking into this more and this whole piece actually and I'm sure I'm going to get shot down by at least somebody but (laughs) It's not about us achieving equality. Now, I don't mean policy and procedurally. I mean, of Mm -hmm. course, equal wages, all of that. Absolutely. But we have our own skills. We have our own energies. We can do so much in a way that the masculine energies can't. So whether you're male or female or non-binary, however you see yourself, whatever your predominant energy is, actually we partner up really well that yes. so, i agree i i agree totally so we shouldn't be fighting to kind of step in and equal men or equal that masculine energy yeah, like i said definitely. with with the exception of the, the policy procedure stuff yeah yeah um yeah let's let's <laughs> hold up <laughs> our skills it's and harder. our experiences
1: totally The feminine energy is a softer kind of surrendering energy and the masculine is the doing and the you know and we need both we absolutely need them to come and work together we have been too much in the masculinity of you know wearing achievement as a badge of honor and like how busy we are and how overproductive we are and and you know my 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 fiance is a great napper he'll have a snooze in the afternoon and i always go oh but there's things to be doing surely Uh, and then i think no 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 i'll have a snooze as well and I'll lie there and he's instantly sleeping. <laughs> and I'll be lying there thinking mm, the washing needs done or this needs done and this needs done. And I have managed a couple of times to have a little snooze. but And it's like, wow, that's interesting that I'm in the masculine energy there because my partner is in the feminine. He's got a lot of feminine energy, which is why we I, we've both done a lot of work on ourselves, which is why we came together in a healthy way. So we complement each other. We don't complete each other. Because that's another myth I think that I used to believe in was the whole yeah. And I believe you have lots of soulmates, not just one. Mm-hmm. And no one should make you whole because you need to be whole and they need to be whole. And you need to come together to complement each other. And I'm lucky to say I have found that because of the work I've done. And he'd been doing it too, which is fantastic. But I'm still jealous that he can have a snooze suck quickly in an afternoon. Because <laughs> <laughs> my masculine energy goes... Oh, but there's things that we should be doing. Is that not like productive? <laughs> so that's the balance I need to find still of the okay, it's okay to just let stuff go, take a break. Because as a solopreneur, we do put in a lot of hours. Even when we should be switching off at five o'clock on a Friday, I've seen me thinking, oh, well, I could just get this thing done. That'll just take an hour. I'll just quickly pop that email out now. And it's like, no, stop.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, the number of times it's it's suddenly seven and you haven't realized. Um, (laughs) but but actually feeling into that one I you know when I was in local authority and NHS the pace that we used to run at and consistently work at
1: Mm -hmm. which
0: was considered normal for the job and you were know there were still times I'd be criticized for being too slow with the work even though you know I'd been in the office eight till six and worked the weekend and I still hadn't met deadlines and it's now stepping into the soulpreneur work and suddenly I sort of find myself going I've got the telly on at lunchtime I shouldn't be doing because I never took a lunch break
1: (laughs) You know, I'd sit
0: with my sandwich at the computer if I was in the office or eat in the car, driving between appointments. And now I know my body is at the pace it should be Mm -hmm. like for all of that time it was running on cortisol for all of that time it was running (laughs) on adrenaline for years. And I thought that was the right pace. And it's the stepping back that my body's. I'm kind of like, okay, this is what it feels like when your body's not hustling and not pushing and not in that drive, drive, drive.
1: Yeah. And okay. that cortisol stuff, it's fine if you need a push and you need to do something or hit a deadline. But, you know, if you want to have a nice night's sleep, you need to get that cortisol right down and get the melatonin right up. And then that means the sleep's going to be affected because the cortisol is controlling the hormonal system, you know. And oh, yeah. again, that's a whole other subject I love talking about is sleep <laughs> and the you know, circadian rhythm and all that stuff as well. Yeah. <laughs> well
0: you're saying about that, about this, you know, the sleep and um, rhythms and a whole other conversation. I'm very aware that we're coming up to almost our hour and we haven't touched on. A subject that I actually wanted to touch on <laughs> yeah. so on that note um, yeah. would you love to come back and so we can talk about sleep and Bathroom. rhythms and yeah. cold water yes we uh, haven't I, even touched I on the cold and I know go. how amazing it is for us and <laughs> it's such a significant part of what you do It is, and we haven't touched on it so how it's, uh,
1: come back and let's talk cold water. Absolutely. And just before we go quickly, um, me and my yeah. friend Clara, who does fire walking, we've just put together a fire and ice ceremony that we're going to do in September, which is the cold water, proper ice therapy and the fire walk as well. So excited about that. So, yes, oh, we need to come back on and we need to touch on all these subjects and chat about them as well. No,
0: definitely. And obviously, you know, with the cold water, that's exactly it. it you know, very briefly, it, it's, yeah. it, Hits into our nervous system, it hits into resetting us. So, yes, Absolutely. let's uh, let's yeah, I'd love to do go back. that for um, really enjoyed it because I can't believe we've missed
1: cold water in this whole conversation, <laughs> especially because the whole of the UK is burning up right now and they're all boiling hot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's probably why we're probably just in the heat. <laughs> Nicola, it's been lovely. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: I've really enjoyed myself. Thanks, Jordan. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed yet another soulful conversation. To find out more about my work, how to connect with me, check out the notes below. Don't forget to subscribe and follow and I look forward to you joining me next time.